0: Uh, So Christina, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super stoked to have you here and talk about this four-generation experience of living together with your family throughout the pandemic.
1: Thank you, Alexandra. Excited to share my experiences.
0: Yeah, so I wanna start there. What I'd first like to know is you know what initially prompted this four generation household and definitely go into you know who does that encompass and who was living all together in this space and just yeah what was the inception point of that for you and your family
1: so um my four generations consist of my 99 year old grandmother priscilla who is doing remarkably well, considering she'll be 100 in August of 2021. Uh, my mother, who is 79, uh, and my two myself and my two children, who are my daughter is 10 and my son is 7. And um, we recently moved back to the area from the Boston area, my, my children and I, uh, in 2017 to be closer to my mother and grandmother. Um, you know, we live in Baltimore, they, they live in Annapolis, and uh, my mother has now for many years lived with my grandmother to help her um, be at home and age gracefully at home. Um, and that had been working out pretty well until um, actually a few months before the pandemic, my mother started to have all sorts of health issues. Um, She broke her hip and could, you know, not walk well and right, this was December, January um, where this happened and that was also when my grandmother got double pneumonia and so in February of 2020 she was in the hospital. I thought we all thought this was the end. I mean she was 98 at this point with double pneumonia and um you know I would go to visit her and you know I was always a little teary at these visits because I just I was like this is this is it Mm -hmm. and by golly she beat it. (laughs) (laughs) She beat it. (laughs) 98, double pneumonia. And I mean, it was wonderful. They were going to discharge her. And (laughs) this is right when we're hearing the news. Uh, But she was incredibly frail at this point. She could barely stand. And, you know, Uh, this would be, you know, we we were looking at rehabilitation centers, that's where, because there was no way she could get by at home, my mother, who could barely walk with her hip issues, um, and so as we were thinking about rehabilitation centers, we're hearing all the news out of Seattle, and all the nursing home deaths, all of a sudden, with this new virus, and we're like, we can't, and nana there. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to, you know, have her at home and we'll get one of these home health aid companies. That'll be a great solution. it can also take care of my mother now, who all of a sudden needs help at the same time. So, um, we, before my grandmother left the hospital, we looked into uh, this, this home health aid company and it seemed great and they started and we quickly saw that to cover one week's of shift they had three or four different people coming to the house Mm -hmm. and three or four different people who were also helping other families and i was like wait this is no good (laughs) you know we're very exposed here and um you know i asked them if they could just send one Person, even if it wouldn't cover all of the time we needed. And they were like, you can't guarantee that, that they won't see another family over the weekend or something like that. And mm-hmm. it just seems so high risk. And so this was in, um, uh, let's see, mid, late, late March, where I was like, you cannot come to our home anymore. And I realized that. I needed to be the care provider for my grandmother and my mother and mm-hmm. as a single mother of two children that meant them too. Yeah. <laughs> so we my children and I moved to the house in Annapolis and um that is when you know this this these several months began of me being the only able-bodied adult in a house of five. Mm-hmm. And it was very hard <laughs> to put it mildly, <laughs> yeah um yeah you know just the the stress of course of just the pandemic you know with just having groceries delivered, you know, wiping everything down, and uh-huh. that's what we were told we needed to do, and right. <laughs> um just uh the stress of not knowing when this would be over and uh, you know, also in the back of my mind was the stress of having to pause my work and not knowing what that would, you know, the ramifications of that. So that yeah. was very stressful to, you know, walk away from a, a business I had just started um, right. for a few months. So And then I quickly learned that I am not very good at caring for four other people. (laughs) I just, it was, I mean, there was one particular day where my children, of course, are doing remote learning. My son is in finishing kindergarten online and my daughter is finishing. She was in third grade at this point. And I remember my son couldn't log on, and I was trying to get him logged on to whatever he needed to in kindergarten online, and I couldn't get it to work. And my grandmother is is saying it's one o'clock, and I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> and I just, I, I just, I, I was like, I do not, I'm not doing this well at <laughs> all. No. And it was it was very it was very stressful, um, well everyone stayed healthy and somehow my children finished kindergarten and third grade and um, uh, Yeah, but uh, we were that way until June Okay, and we found some other help for my uh, a woman from the neighborhood could come in and just her you know and Help them for several hours a day. And so that enabled me and my children to move back to Baltimore during the week. And I found a teenager in the neighborhood to help me that summer Mm -hmm. uh, with the kids. And of course, you know, all this came with some risk, but it was a risk we needed to take as a family because I needed to get back to work.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I appreciate the candor that you have about the way that whole situation went because i think some people were definitely looking towards merging families as like a helpful piece you know this idea that maybe the intergenerational uh the intergenerational option of having multiple adults in one home and Having the kids maybe be able to like play with their grandparents or things like that And I think the reality and what in your situation is That depending on what your situation is it can be way more complex than that and a lot of the Responsibility can end up falling on one person if
1: it was it was all on me uh, Bandaging my grandmother's feet. She has open wounds on her feet um, You know getting the ice packs for my mother's, you know various you know areas that she had broken because she (laughs) it was just it was all on me and then you know just keeping my children engaged and happy uh, you know trying to help them you know feel like life isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. Um, preparing all the meals keeping the house clean I mean it was all on me and I I hate to complain though because We're very fortunate. I mean never did we have any food scarcity or concern that we would lose our home or Mm -hmm. anything like that. So I I frankly hate, you know, framing any of this as a hardship because we were so fortunate and it was so and and I talk about the challenges of it, but I don't mean to dismiss the joys of it too that um, you know, my children and I got to spend all this time with my mother and grandmother, you know, too. So, um, uh, you know, there there were plenty of silver linings. Yeah. And, and plenty of things to be grateful about. And I don't mean to dismiss that at all. But was it incredibly stressful at times? Yes, very much. Yeah. And well, I'm not this person, uh, you know, to do this. I'm an architect, I'm not, not you know, so, uh, and, you know, personally, very stressful, like, what's happening to my business, what's happening to my career.
0: Yeah, well, and I think that's such an important piece, because, especially for many of us, I mean, we all experienced our own different types and levels of suffering in the last year, and also these moments of joy and things we got to experience because of the pandemic that maybe we weren't doing before so i'd actually love to hear if you can pinpoint like a couple examples beyond just the additional time you know with being able to spend time with your grandparents and and your children's great, great grandma what are some moments that you can point to that were these joyous things that maybe wouldn't have come about if you weren't all in the same home together for that period of time
1: well I would say that my grandmother and I resumed uh, our backgammon game uh, competitions and uh, it was it was really I can see that when we played frequently her her mind was it kept her mind sharp and when we we you know let some time pass between our games she needed to be you know Reminded a little bit about the rules and and uh, you know, but she she, she beats me <laughs> and um, she gets so happy when she beats me. Aww. So so that was that was fun and um uh and and I should say too we we still we still our houses are still quite conjoined. We uh, my children and I are there on, every weekend still so um where, where we help out so we we still have uh, our lives are very much still uh like they were those early months of the pandemic on the weekends where the five of us are together and i'm helping out and stuff like that but back to the joys i i would okay. say that um You know, my mother was reading to my son a lot, you know, he was yet, I mean, this happened in kindergarten, and he was just on the verge of learning how to read, she would be reading to him for several hours a day, and, um, you know, she, she helped him learn how to read, and so that was really great fun watching them. It was really great fun that she you know, saw the kinds of books he really, uh, embraced and she would get those books and have them sent, you know, by Amazon. Again, here's where we're incredibly (laughs) lucky people that we could have whatever books he wanted delivered by Amazon. Um, but Mm -hmm. she, he loved the I Survive series and I'm sure it's no coincidence that, you know, in a pandemic, these are the types Mm -hmm. of stories my then six-year-old wanted to hear you know, about kids' perspectives of surviving the um sinking of the Titanic or 9 11 <laughs> or shark attacks. Right. Um this was this was something that really fascinated my son for some reason. Um yeah. I guess I guess it's comforting to know that people live through these these horrific things. Kids yeah. live through them. Kids are okay.
0: And um So, uh, so it was really great fun watching um, you know, the two of them have this kind of reading bubble and um,
1: and they would write their own stories too. Uh, uh, I would, I would also say um, my children and I we've explored parts of my grandmother's neighborhood we never had before and it's very hilly where they live and um you know because we were afraid to go on the bike trail near their house because it was really crowded you know with people early on in the pandemic and no one was wearing a mask at that point um so we just decided we would be walking around the neighborhood and we found all these different nooks and crannies we really didn't know and and we started naming all of the hills that we so we had a a, what we called our nine hill walk because it entailed us going up nine different hills (laughs) you also got to go down nine hills but they we named them all uh, based on things we would see there was squirrel hill bamboo hill um you know ant hill um uh, Rock Hill, they all, we all, they all had names, Goat Hill, because one of the neighbors had goats, and we would go visit the goats, oh, that's yeah, cool. you know, <laughs> a big uh, destination, but, you know, we found a whole new world in this insular life, um, and that was quite engaging and, for us, and um, so children and I really appreciated those walks, and we still do our Nine Hill walk. we're in Annapolis.
0: Yeah, I love that. I So I have, I guess, one final question for you that has two parts, and I'm curious both if prior to this situation, like, what your thoughts and anticipations were about this intergenerational piece. Like, did you ever did you plan later on that you would be living with your mother kind of like how she was doing with uh, with your grandmother or was that something that you hadn't quite considered in the capacity of what it could look like in that way and how how have your just opinions or just thoughts about living in an intergenerational household or manner changed since having gone through that?
1: I think it really depends on the um, the the relationships of the family members as to whether or not it it makes sense. Uh, You know, uh, my grandmother and I have always really gotten on well and um, way back in 2000, my grandfather died, and um, this was her partner of almost 60 years, and I had just gotten out of grad school, and it was devastating to lose my grandfather, who was very, I was very close to him and my grandmother, and she immediately had started having all these health issues, because of course she was his caregiver, and often when, you know, a spouse deceases who the other spouse had been caring for all of a sudden all the things that they had neglected come you know to fore. and so she was just had all I thought we were gonna lose her very soon too because she adored you know her husband of course and um, you know heart issues everything and I moved in with her then uh, yeah. thinking that it might not be long that she would be with us but <laughs> <laughs> she she was she was great. She she revived, she got involved in the her, you know, community and um you know she was really into sailing. She didn't go sailing, but she would, you know, be you know, do things where she was among the sailing community and she was fine. <laughs> and so that's when I, you know, uh, I, you know, I had been working while i was living with her um as an architect but i then took a job that took me to manhattan and mm-hmm. um so I, I mean i didn't really i never th- thought of it 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 always was like uh, this she needs me right now and i just did it it wasn't something i had planned back then mm-hmm. and same with you know last year at the beginning of the pandemic i didn't Plan on it. I mean, I moved here to be closer, but I didn't plan on living with uh, my grandmother and my mother. Um, and I think that, you know, we do, you know, every weekend we are together, so we do spend a lot of time together uh, mm-hmm. living in the same house over the weekend, but I don't think it's something that um, I-, I think that we all need our space and um i think that thanks to technology and um yeah you know with groceries being delivered and uh nurses who can come and devices that track and monitor you know my grandmother's pacemaker and her her um INR levels, you know, she's on thinner, blood thinners. I mean, all these devices enable her to stay there. And <laughs> the physical therapists that come for my mother and her issues. So I I don't think that in this case uh I will live with them again all like that. I think that um, you know, I would like for as long as possible for um them to get the help they need in their house and they've since hired a new now that everyone's vaccinated they haven't they've started with a new home health aid company um Mm -hmm. and uh and we'll we'll give it a try so i i mean they want to stay in their house until the end and yeah so i think that the solution for our family is that they do that with the help of these home health aides with groceries being delivered and nurses coming to check and physical therapists coming to check um and uber drivers taking them where they might need to go (laughs) and i mean i mean really i mean what has happened recently with technology and these businesses that it really does extend the time frame for them being in their home and uh, you know they have yeah. stair lifts now that it was put in and um but I think that also the solution entails my kids and you know I'm going there every weekend, you know, and I'm spending time yeah. with them and uh so it it's a it's a it's a mix of you know that close time where we are in the house together. On the weekends mm-hmm. and and then I during the week, you know I can focus on my kids solely and my work, um, yeah and yeah,
0: yeah, well, and it kind of seems like almost like your version of a hybrid model of what that can look like, where there is this mix of everything, because especially after hearing you share that piece about going to live with your grandmother after your grandfather passed away. I can't help but think that your presence there and her getting to be surrounded by family helped with the healing process of her health and emotional health.
1: The healing process entailed a lot of martinis and Frank Sinatra.
0: Ah! (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And that is very essential too. (laughs) amazing
1: who um, she saw by the way in washington dc when she was 16.
0: oh really well that there's a very deep connection for her i'm sure yes. <laughs> i love that um your grandmother sounds amazing uh i i love that when does she turn 100 exactly what day in august
1: august 17th and i'm oh, happy to gosh. send you a photograph of her because she looks absolutely splendid.
0: Oh my gosh well that would be perfect for this i know that we're just about to wrap up but i love that she is a fellow leo it makes sense for her just (laughs) drive and um, i i think that's wonderful thank you so much for your time christina it was so fun getting to hear about that experience and just all the different levels that go into it the hard parts the good parts i think that it's just awesome to hear how that can work, and to know what challenges might be there if that's something that some, like a family, does want to explore.
1: Yeah, but I have to. I stress again, it's it's privilege that yeah. we've been able to do this, and I don't take that for granted. And I I just hope that, um, you know, the things that Jane Road is working on, um, you know, al- will allow people to live in family-like settings for their days, as long as they want, you know, so um,
0: anyway, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Of course, of course.